Welcome to the podcast of Grace Crossing Church, where life and faith intersect. Good morning, everyone. That's a lot better, isn't it? It's good to be here. Um, as uh, Pastor Gill has already shared, we're very excited um, this morning to share with you um, this bridge from the body and, and grace anatomy towards oneness. And um, uh, Taurus and I have been friends for well, probably getting closer in you know, the last couple of years, uh, meeting together, talking about life, talking about family. And um, he's been stirring in us this whole area of oneness. So we want to just kind of bring this uh, before you all because we see God taking our church there. And before we get into the message, I just want to take a step back. I want to talk about where we've been. I want to talk about where we are. And then Taurus is going to share where we're headed. So let's go back a couple of years um, when we did the God and Politics series. How many remember God and Politics? Okay. It was there that we were reminded we are kingdom citizens first and U.S. citizens second. It's about the kingdom. Then we moved last fall into a series called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, or EHS. We learned to value our hearts the way Jesus values the heart. We learned about growing in self-awareness, emotional honesty, and love for God, love for ourself, which is a tricky one we like to pass by, but love for others. Remember, it says love one another. How? As you love yourself. And in this we're growing so that we can have difficult conversations and we can move towards things that we're, we're going towards. We're also learning how important it is to be not only spiritually strong, but emotionally healthy and strong as believers. And then we move to the kingdom series. Our ultimate goal is to be a kingdom people. We serve a king and we are under his authority. And it's up to us to carry out his plans and his purposes in this kingdom. And then just recently here, Grace Anatomy that, that Josh has been leading so well. Marlon referred to it. We're learning to grow as a body. We're learning to share our needs. We're learning to meet one another's needs. We're learning to use our gifts to come around the needs in the body so that there's, there's a strength within uh, this grace crossing body. So that's where we've been. Well, where are we today? We're getting ready to move into this series called One. We're getting ready to run parallel. Our connection groups, as Marlon shared, will run parallel with this series that starts next week. So I want to, again, encourage you to get involved. We, we want this area of oneness to get so integrated into us. And only so much can happen right here on a Sunday morning. So... Please go to the website. Please try to get involved because we want to have interaction about this topic. We want to wrestle with God's word on this topic. We want to talk about our own experiences and the backgrounds that we've had on this topic of oneness. So please get involved. Well, where is this area of oneness in the scriptures? This is a powerful, powerful verse that I want to share with you in John 17, 21. The context here is the Garden of Gethsemane. 
Jesus is pouring his heart out to the Father. The most important things are on his mind and heart that he's crying out about. And one of those is oneness. He says here, I pray that they will be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I want to point out two things. One is, Jesus is saying, I want you to be one because I and the Father are one. I, I, the, what we're modeling, the, the Father and the Son together, I, I, I want you to model that as a body. And then the other cool thing is that as we do that, look what happens. There's a witness. There's a testimony that Jesus is real because you're drawing together as one. Different cultures, different peoples all around the world, they're coming together as one and people are gonna see Jesus. It's so powerful. I just want you to wrap, that's why this is so integral that we move into this area. It's a difficult area, but that we move into it. It's, it's on Jesus' heart. He wants us to get this. And now Taurus is going to share where we're going. Well, praise God. First of all, I want you to just go back and think about the different steps that he pointed out. Um, just think about those letters for a second. God on politics. G. Emotional, healthy spirituality. E. He talked about the kingdom. T. Grace anatomy or the body. T. Oneness. Oh, when I thought about those things, God put it to me. It's like, look, I have to get you to somewhere. Get to. It's the idea that God is moving this body. This local body is called Grace Crossing Church. And he's going to use oneness as the way to actually get us to a place that he has already ordered. Now, the whole thing about it is when we're talking about oneness, it's going to be difficult because there are going to be some distractions already just by the title oneness. There are probably some things that are popping up in people's minds. But don't get distracted or get stuck by what we have to discuss as we get to the place God wants us to be. Here's the big idea for what we're talking about today. God uses oneness as a way to help increase our hope and our power as he moves us as a body to carry out his kingdom agenda right here at Grace Crossing Church. I'll say it again. God uses oneness as a way to increase our hope and our power as he moves us to carry out his kingdom agenda right here at Grace Crossing Church. Now, you might be wondering, okay, so what? You know, we come up with these topics sometimes, and you see these things that are written, and you might be saying, well, what's in it for me? What about me? How, how does this work for me? Is there anybody out there who doesn't want hope? All you have to do is turn on the television, and you can see that we have a deficit of hope. All you have to do is look around, and you, you hear the stories, the tragic stories, where you have children who are committing suicide, revealing that there's a deficit 
of hope. You hear about the drug epidemic? There's a deficit of hope. And I'm venturing to say that there's nobody out there who does not want power. Perhaps you're sitting here right now with something that you're struggling with that you've never been able to break. There's a deficit of power. And even within the body of Christ, we're seeing that some are actually losing hope and don't have the power to overcome things that they've been struggling with for so many years. But here's the thing. God is using oneness in order to increase our hope and power. But see, it's not within ourselves. The hope and the power is not in us. It's in Christ Jesus. So this is what our God is trying to get us to see. And he's also trying to get us to see that oneness is not the end game. We're moving towards a kingdom agenda. That's where we're headed. But we've got to get this peace, this value along the way is integral to where God has us and where he wants to take us. So how will oneness increase hope? I mean, similar to what Taurus is saying, let's face it, oneness is happening in very little pockets in our country today. Oneness is happening in very little pockets in the church today. And oneness is happening in very little pockets in the world today. And God wants us in Christ to draw together and begin to experience this kind of hope that comes from him. This kind of hope that can come that as we deepen relationship in Christ, hope will rise. I mean, just being up here with Doris, I've got to admit, I mean, we talk about hope, we talk about power. I get great strength to talk about a topic like this when it's him and I doing it. And we've been talking about it for a couple of years. It'd be really different. I was up here alone and just sharing from my perspective. So hope and power rises just in, in experiencing this. But Paul wants us to lean in and he shares with, shares with us here in Romans 12, 5, uh, what, what he desires here to increase this hope. He says, so it is with Christ's body. We've been talking about the body. We are many parts of one body and, and we all belong to each other. What does it mean to belong? Think about that for yourselves. When have you felt like you belong? Your family? Maybe, maybe not. Friends? Church? At work? This sense of belonging is a leaning in and gives us a sense that we fit here. I matter here. They're really glad I'm here. That's what I get here. I get this sense of locking arms together with brothers and sisters of different cultures. It's as if Taurus and I link arms together. There's hope when we're together. There's hope in what God wants to lead us to when we're doing this together and we feel like we're belonging. We feel like we're leaning into one another along the way. He's not my enemy. 
People from other cultures aren't our enemy. They're our brothers and sisters in Christ. So there's gonna, it's going to mean that we've got to lean into this. I love what Matthew Henry says in this quote. He says, when we take God for our God, we must take his people to be our people. It changes. The kingdom changes everything. God changes everything. Our reality changes. It's got to change to what the scriptures say and what God is calling us to. Well, our hope also increases as our love increases. Take a look at Romans 12, further along here in chapters 9 and 10. Paul says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Now, let's be honest. Sometimes we can just be kind cordial to one another, especially one another of different cultures. Paul is saying here, I want you to get some skin in the game. I want you to really love and invest some time. Take that next step to get out of your comfort zone. That's the kind of love he's talking about here. He goes on and says, hate what is wrong, but hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine authentic affection and take delight in honoring each other. There's a depth here, you guys, that he's calling us to in relationship. It's a depth that um, Taurus and I have experienced. In fact, when it comes to this whole area of take delight in honoring each other, I was just thinking about this and thinking about the message. I was thinking about Taurus and the, one of the ways that I want to honor him and I've been so encouraged by him in is him as a dad. Taurus is a great dad to his daughter, Tammy. Now, I got a connection with that because I got three daughters. And so we talk a lot about that. I mean, being a dad of daughters is, you know, it's different. It was really different for me growing up because I grew up sports, guys, and all of a sudden I had a bunch of girls. So it's like, ah. So him and I have talked a lot about that. And, and in one situation um, that we were talking about, he had shared, and we, we were both sharing about um, how crucial it is as dads to admit when we do things wrong, especially to daughters. Because you can, you can get a little big, your, vo your voice can get a little loud, and especially my middle daughter, she just kind of shrinks when, when dad's voice gets louder, and I've had to learn to turn the volume down. But at any rate, as we were talking about this together, um, he shared with me of a time where he went to Tammy and he just had to apologize. And I was like, that's so awesome. It, it sharpened me to stay in that, that I gotta stay in that humble place as a dad. I gotta stay in that place to confess and, and work things through. And then he came back and shared about that and just how that brought him and his daughter closer together. So there's this sharpening that was going on that I, I love that. And we've had many different conversations about that, but I, I want to honor my brother in that way. And he's, he wants to share a little bit too of just our relationship and how, how God is, just some different things that he's done there. The, the thing about it as far as when we're talking about hope, you got to keep in mind that it requires us to walk in it. It requires our dedication and our giving ourselves to it. And the thing about it is that to experience the hope that we're talking about, this increase in hope, 
it does require that I lean in. I have to bear myself, if you will. And one of the ways that this actually happened, and we're talking about the experiencing of what God has already said. In other words, to experience what God has said that's already true. So when we talk about, for example, God and what he has done through Jesus Christ as far as reconciling. And I know that's a word that we don't tend to use a lot, but you know it in bank terms when you have to reconcile an account book or your bank account. And you may have on, one, on your ledger, it says one thing, and the bank may have a statement that says something else. Well, when you actually go through the reconciling process, you're trying to bring those two accounts together and trying to make them reconcile. Well, when we're talking about a relationship, it's similar. A relationship you may have on one side, I have my account of how things are, and life has his account of how things are. But then there's the one who actually holds both accounts. The Almighty God is sitting there as the reconciler and saying, uh, y'all got to get in line with what I'm saying. And see, when you talk about reconciling and actually experiencing hope that it is really true, here's, here's how it actually works. So there's times where I have to basically deal with a lot of different things that come to mind. And sometimes when I go and I talk to life, we can talk about pretty much anything now because of what God has done in our relationship. And true building of this relationship, there are some times where I can come and I can talk about things that distract me. For example, for those of you who don't know my background, I'm actually a convert out of the nation of Islam. If you know of anything or if you don't know about the nation of Islam, just Minister Farrakhan, Malcolm X, and just go that route. That's what Christ brought me out of. So as I am actually in Christ now, I'm still distracted by things that I hear in media. I'm still distracted because of the past as things come back to me, and it challenges me. But here's where there's hope. See, there's hope that I can go before life and I can ask him questions. Or I can just tell him that, hey, look, I just don't feel this today. And what happens in that is that I'm actually experiencing what Christ is talking about, the difficult situations, difficult conversations. I'm experiencing what is actually true. Instead of relying on what I had before, I can actually experience the fact that, yes, God has reconciled us. He has changed this relationship. Life is no longer an enemy of mine. He is my brother. And that's experiencing the truth of God's word and experiencing it for my life. And it changes everything. Now, that's what we talk about as far as belonging. And that's an internal focus. And when you talk about belonging, it's the idea that I know that whenever I'm in that situation, life makes me feel like I belong. It's not pretend. It's authentic. He will literally sometimes wrap his arms around me and show me, no, brother, you belong to me. That idea of that verse where it says belongs to one another, that's something that we often miss. And I hope you don't miss this today. What God is doing with the two of us standing here, life may not have known it, but we were former enemies from my perspective. 
But here's God saying, no, here's what I've done. And that's a hope that we all have in Christ. But the external focus, we talk about the external, we were internal. Now we talk about external as far as there's a hope, as far as being able to look outside and carry out God's kingdom agenda. See, when you talk about the kingdom agenda, the first thing we recognize is that we have a king. Christ is our king. I believe that verse, could you, if you could, I'm going to borrow your eyes. There's something else you probably don't know about me is because I have a degenerative eye condition. So I'm not doing well with the lights up, up above and I can't really read what's in front. So I'm going to ask my brother, I'm going to borrow his eyes. If <laughs> yeah, you could. Yeah, John 18, 36. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. In that verse, Jesus is actually responding to Pilate. He's actually on trial. This is before his crucifixion. And Pilate asked him the question just beforehand, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus responds. And after Jesus responds here, Pilate goes on to say, so you are the king of the Jews, or so you are a king. And Jesus replies back, you said it. The idea of what we're talking about here is basically that Christ is our king. And I want to make it very clear for those of you who may not be aware. Christ is not Jesus's name. It's his title. He is Jesus, the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah. And what that means is he was anointed to carry out this purpose as far as actually dying for our sins to bring us together. To reconcile the differences across cultures, across races, across all differences that we would come up with. He is the Messiah who broke all that down. So as we talk about the king, we must fall under our king's rule and fall under his agenda. But what does that mean? So when we talk about kingdom business, kingdom business is as simple as this. This is the way God put it to me. He said, kingdom business, go get my POWs. As a military person, you're probably aware of what a POW is, a prisoner of war. And God made it very clear to me, it's as simple as that. Go get the prisoners of war, the poor, orphans, widows. Go get them and tell them of this hope that they have in Christ Jesus. Let them know because they're still not aware that the victory has already been taken care of. So what we're saying is the kingdom agenda is going out and getting the POWs and giving them the same hope that we have so they don't have to listen and fall prey to what's out in the world, but they actually understand and they live a new life in Christ the same way that we're doing here. And the next area we want to shift is how will oneness increase our power? Let's look at Acts 2, 42 through 47. It says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals and to prayer, much like Marlon shared earlier. And a deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. 
They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Let's go back up to the beginning of that. I just want to break this down a little bit. Where does the power come from in oneness? Something that we miss right away. We can see the deep sense of awe that came over them and some of the miracles and the wonders. But I want to go right to the top, all the believers, and stop there. If you recall, the context in this, this chapter is Pentecost. And it's when the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples. They waited there for a long time for the Holy Spirit to come. And when the Holy Spirit came, they began to speak with different tongues which is different languages. Many of the Jews came in for the celebration of Pentecost from all around Israel. Many, many countries were represented. And while they were there, they started hearing all of these languages and they, they recognized, that's my language. That's my language. What's going on here? So this is going on and then Peter moves into a message, a very long message that shares the gospel of Jesus Christ of what's going on here and what Jesus is about is for all people, all cultures. And he's bringing them to a relationship to Jesus Christ. And we notice right in verse 41, just before this passage, it said 3,000 were added to their number just on that day. So 3,000 people began a relationship with Jesus Christ. All of these were Jews from all different parts of around Israel. And what was really cool when you look at those verses and some of the old school names and regions that were given in the Bible there in Acts 2, here's where some of the countries represented. So when I say all the believers recognize that they're coming from all different cultures and nationalities. Here were some of them that were represented. Iran, Iraq, Syria, Turkey, Israel, Lebanon, Jordan, Egypt, Italy, Saudi Arabia, and many other Arab countries that I, I don't want to go on and list all of those, but another 10 at least that were given there. So this is so powerful that here right away in Acts 2, this whole idea of other cultures is just beginning. And I thought about like, Peter's going to be going out and to share, and Paul's going to be going out to share in different missionary journeys, but these individuals are also going to go back to their countries and going to be sharing about what, God, what, what happened with Peter and how God changed their lives through the power of Jesus Christ. They're already going to be missionaries. So this whole idea, there's power in this, in this oneness, is that when we begin to gather together and lock arms... And then we begin to move with the things that God wants us to move in, as we see here. And Marlon shared the apostles' teaching and fellowship and sharing of meals and prayer. That's leaning in more relationally to those of other cultures and not just our own culture, which is comfortable. And those spiritual disciplines, they draw us closer together. Some are just playing, you know, it is fun. I mean, having meals together. I don't know how many of you thought when Marlon said the three-course meal, like, where's that one? I want to find out where that connection group is, you know? But it goes on here and says, a deep sense of awe came over them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. 
So there's not only this connection around some of these spiritual disciplines that God wants, but the other place where power comes in is generosity. I mean, they're, they're selling things. They're giving to those in real need. And it's genuine. And it's authentic. So through generosity, we can see there's power. There's power. And then the coolest thing there at the end, go to the last part there. It says, each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. This is really cool. They were simply being added because of the oneness and the love and the drawing close to the things that they were called to draw close to. And people said, I want to be a part of that. This is different. I mean, not only are you doing, but cultures are coming together and you guys are all, you're selling things and giving things and caring for each other. This is powerful. So there's a huge testimony with oneness in this area. And I want to, I want to encourage us as a body that we're making strides here. Um, Tina Nguyen, who's Vietnamese and one of our great leaders here at Grace Crossing Church, she's a connection group facilitator. She's big time leader in the kids ministry. She came up to me on Saturday, last Saturday morning when we did a connection group training. And she said, life, I want you to know something. The reason why, or one of the reasons, I won't say the primary, but one of the reasons why I chose Grace Crossing Church is because I see a lot of other cultures here. That's drawn me to Grace Crossing. That's what we want to keep hearing and keep seeing. We want to be a church that draws close in this belonging area, has an external focus on the kingdom, and we begin to increase in power and oneness by, by moving along with, with the things that are shared here in Acts 2. That's our desire. So not only do we got to grab onto some of those things, Taurus is going to share there's some things we got to let go of along the way so that we can grab on to something different. I'm pretty sure that many of you have heard the, the phrase, let go and let God. Just by show of hands. Have you heard that phrase before? Yeah, okay. So quite a few of you have heard that. And the thing is, is that I submit to you something slightly different. Let go and grab hold of. At the same time. Now, the picture, I'm going to give you a picture to try to see here. I want you to see yourself as a rock climber, climbing the rock. And as a rock climber, if you are reaching for a little piece to slip your fingers on, in order for you to pull yourself up, you're going to have to do what? Let go of something that you were holding on prior to. But you can't just let go. Otherwise, you would fall off. You have to let go and grab hold of at the same time. So get the picture of you letting go of something that is no longer of any use and now grabbing hold of something just to take you a little bit higher. This is the picture that you get when we're talking about moving through. When we talk about the power of God, experiencing power, experiencing increased power, 
God wants you to let go of anything that would exalt itself above the knowledge of God. That means any idea, thought, culture, any preference that would exalt itself above the knowledge of God. And actually, he says to capture it and make it submit to Christ. Let me, let me explain to you like this. The way that I experience power, like standing here today, I experience God's power by simply letting go of my thoughts about what I see. Get the picture again. Turn on the news. Some days I'm great. I'm going to meet life. I'm going to meet my connection group, and I'm fine. Everything, it seems like everything is running on all cylinders. I'm perfect. It's just moving along. It's a beautiful day. And then I hear something on the news. I may hear another tale of an unarmed black man being killed. And see, that moves me. It moves me in a way because, as you can tell, I'm a black man. But it moves me also because of my past. It has an impact on me because of where I came from, especially religiously, what I came out of. So when I see that, it has that impact where it shakes me, even in my faith walk with life in GCC. But here is where I am challenged. When I see that happen, when I take that in, it's a distraction, but when I see that and it actually happens, here's what happens. Because I have life, because I have my connection group, I experience a power because I can contact them and I can dialogue with them. And sometimes I can tell them, look, I'm struggling. I'm struggling because of what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing. And sometimes I hear that in the back of my head and it's telling me, you can't trust life. You can't trust these white folks at GCC. See, I, I tell you just how it happens and how I hear it because it's the truth of the matter. But here's what happens. As soon as I hear that, I also hear another voice that's basically telling me, but Taurus, are you gonna deny what you've been experiencing? For two years you've been sitting and you've been dialoguing with life and you know he's true. For almost four years you've been with your connection group and you've been eating out of the same pot with them. So are you gonna deny what you have with them? because of what you're hearing? Which one are you going to choose? The more I go and I see life, the more that power breaks what I would grab a hold to. I want you to understand what I'm saying. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. Whatever I would raise up or whatever raises up in me that would actually exalt itself above the knowledge of God of what he has said in his word, that's what he is saying. You have got to grab that and bring it under submission to Christ. My culture, my blackness does not exalt. I can't walk around and say I'm a black Christian. I'm a Christian who happens to be black. Anything that would raise us, I know what my culture is, but it doesn't raise itself above. In other words, my preferences, they fall back when it comes to Christ. And what I'm saying to you, that power, I can't experience it on my own. It's only when I connect with life, I connect with my community group members, my connection group members, and they tell me, Taurus, I hear you. 
but you belong to us. Come on. I hear what you're saying. I don't know. I don't understand everything, but you belong to us. And this is what I want you to understand is that that power, as far as experiencing this relationship, it cannot be done through a fake relationship. You can't pretend, as the scripture says, and there's another scripture that's there. I think it's Colossians. If you, I know you have it on your page. That Colossians scripture, uh, and, and I know we have it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they put it up there already. Yep. If you can read that. There, there is no way that we can pretend with this. Colossians 3, 11 through 15. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Thank you, sir. Thank you for your eyes. The scripture says it all. You can't pretend. And what I'm saying to you, there's power in that scripture as you walk it out with others who are not like you. That's the challenge, and that's where we can be distracted. But I'm pleading with you. Don't allow yourself to be distracted and fall off the course because there is something and somewhere God is moving us to. He's getting us to. Got one last thing before we close out. And this is another story that we had that I experienced, the true power of God. Relatively quickly after Christ converted me out of Islam, my wife is military, so we had to move out to Utah. Get that picture. So we had to move out to Utah, Salt Lake City. And, and so, yeah, here we go. We're in Salt Lake City, Utah, but we're there. We're at a church. And, and this particular story, there was, a, there was a gentleman that I met. I was a young preacher, young minister starting out. And there was a guy that I remember meeting. His name was Doc George. He was a biker. His, his past life, he was a biker. He was a hardcore biker dude. And the thing about it always grabbed me. He always wore, even as a, as a preacher, he always wore his biker gear. He had the vest, the chaps, everything. And he had this Bible that he used to wear on his side like a gunslinger. And he would whip it out and flip it around. And then he had this saying. <laughs> he had this saying that he would always say whenever he was sick. He would say, to the kingdom, may it rock. And I'm sitting there looking like, okay. And he had a nickname for me because at the time I was used to wearing like this suit. I had this suit that was a pinstripe suit, an old gangster type suit. And so he called me Hitman. Because of the way I used to preach. I would preach like, hey, take it or leave it. And then he would, so he was, we had this relationship where he would kind of, he would kind of say, uh, look, I want you to come out and I want you to preach at this, uh, this bike blessing. Then he said, no, I want you to do this bike blessing with, with, uh, with me. So he brought us out and we were there. So here I am now with a biker gang. And with a biker gang, the, the whole set, I'm standing there. And I'm watching as these bikers are actually listening to the word of God as I'm speaking. And I don't know about you, but it changed my entire perspective as far as being a Christian. It changed the way I viewed other people. 
God literally changed me as I watched as his word transformed people. If afterwards they came up and they didn't ask about the bikes, they asked about what they needed, their souls. They wanted to know how to be saved. They actually took part and they listened to God. And when I saw that, witnessing the power through someone else who was totally different from myself, this is the power that we're saying. This is what we're talking about. Witnessing God's power. An increase of his power, an increase of his hope to change lives no matter where you are. I hope you get this picture. I hope you get what we're saying. I hope you recognize all of what we're pointing out because it's also easy to miss. <laughs> Thanks so much, Taurus. So th this is where we're going. And I really see this as God's special invitation. Um, a special movement of the Lord that he wants to do here at Grace Crossing to draw us closer in this area of oneness and to bring us to a place we've not been to before. So here's what I want to do this morning. If you're ready to take up the invitation and to lean in a little more into this oneness area, we've got a whole series that we're moving into. I want you to stand right now. If you're sensing, yes, I want to take a step, it may be uncomfortable, it may be hard, but I want to lean into this. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to need, look around this room, we're going to need each other in this. And there's going to be strength and power and there's going to be hope. We're going to give each other hope in this whole area. Let me pray for all of us to close. Father, thank you for what you're doing. We don't want to miss how your spirit is moving, how the kingdom is moving here at Grace Crossing Church and wants to lead us into this area. And we're well aware of what's going on around us with this. But we trust you. And we're in Christ. And this is what is on your heart. This is what you're passionate about. So give us your heart, Jesus, and, and just help us to take the next step. Help us not to feel overwhelmed, but just to take the next step you're calling us to take. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Have a wonderful afternoon. Thanks for listening. To learn more about Grace Crossing Church, including service times and directions, check us out on the web at www.gracecrossingchurch.net. We hope to see you at one of our upcoming weekend worship gatherings. Have a great day.